this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theaters Friday. Get tickets now. Hello and welcome to New Books in Photography. I am the host, Lorena Turner. I'm a lecturer in the communication department at California State Polytechnic University in Pomona, California, and I'm also a photographer. On New Books in Photography, I talk with people who are practicing photographers in the area of documentary, fine art, academic art, and photojournalism. There is an archive of past episodes of this podcast at the New Books Network website, as well as links to other podcasts in the New Books Network. A personal favorite of mine this past week has been new books in critical theory. Maybe you'd like that. In this episode, I talk with Stephen DuPont about his book, Pisgah New Guinea, which was published in 2013. His book is in two volumes. One is Portraits of People Living in Remote Areas of Papua New Guinea, and the other, called Diaries, are written thoughts, newspaper clippings, and other ephemeral materials that he collected while he was working on his project. Stephen conducted this work with the support of a Robert Gardner Fellowship of Photography from Harvard's Peabody Museum of Archaeology and Ethnology. Stephen's an Australian photographer and has worked in countries around the world and has produced numerous books of his work in both traditional and experimental forms. Our conversation starts with Stephen describing his love of photography as it's connected to the book form. Hello and welcome to New Books in Photography. Today I'm talking with Stephen DuPont about his fantastic book, Pisca New Guinea. It was published in 2013 by Radius Books and the Peabody Museum Press. Welcome to the podcast, Stephen. Thank you, Lorena. Thank you. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so, your, so your book, uh, Pisca New Guinea, is a, just a gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous book. I cannot say that enough. I was so, I was so impressed when I got it and um, flipped through the pages and then went back multiple times and and um, and took a look at it. And I'm, I was wondering if you could start by telling telling me what the book is about. Well, the book is essentially um, uh, it, it looks inside detribalization in Papua New Guinea. So it's really uh, a kind of window into um, society and, and and tribal culture, but also the um, the obvious uh, changes. Um, that are taking place at the time that I that I made the photographs. I really wanted to 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 really show you know what was happening at that that particular time and how uh, things were changing and how the culture is changing. So you know the the influences of the West of, of globalization and and all these things that are that are going on. This real clash, in a way, of, um, of civilizations. You know, it's. Uh, I mean, New Guinea is one of these incredibly complex, um, you know, very tribal um, countries, which um, you know have only really, um, you know, I mean, in terms of world discoveries. I mean, the 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 highlands were discovered in the 1930s. You know, when when first contact was made. So. 
they've literally, you know, stepped out of the Stone Age quite recently. And, and so it's fascinating to see just the impact that something like we take for granted, like the mobile phone, you know, now social media and internet, just how that's affected the society there. It's, it's, it's quite amazing. Well, we're going we're gonna to talk about that um, at length, I'm hoping, in a few minutes. Um, yeah. I'd like to know about your work as a photographer, your history as a photographer, and then w- perhaps you could tell us specifically why you went to that region, like the, why that was a place that um, became a focal point for you for a while. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, look, I, you know, I, I guess I see my, myself going through a bit of a mid-career phase at the moment as a photographer it's it's been about 25 years of 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 photography and um when i when i first picked up a camera you know i was inspired by you know some of the the great photographers um at our times um people like robert frank and um joseph kudelka and in particular um a british photographer by the name of don mccullen i mean these were these were heavy inspirations on me to become a photographer. And I think, um, I was particularly, uh, inspired by, by photo books. And, uh, that was always my, um, I guess my main passion through photography was to make, um, photo books. And so I've, you know, spent a much of my, um, my life just, you know, working on, um, you know, major, long-term projects uh with with books in mind with that with that being the the ultimate um platform and and showcase and and i still work like that today and uh, i have a real love for for handmade artist books and and uh I, i design my own my own books and i i make books and and i get books published so i you know photography for me is essentially about about the art of books and um you know i sort of uh you know i guess started um working as a as a news photographer when i when i first picked up a camera and as a photojournalist covering you know major uh stories around the world for for magazines and newspapers and and as um um the industry changed um i felt I needed to change with it. And, and I, 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 um, I really, I guess about 15 years ago, really sort of heavily, um, uh, made a, a, you know, a sort of a, an impact in terms of trying to focus on, 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 you know, photo, photo artist books and, 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 and photo books in general. And I, I, I really then started to kind of, um, think more about, you know, self-publishing and, and also working on projects with books in mind. You know, I, I did less magazine work and, and much more personal work. And, and I guess that's where I kind of ended up today, you know, just focusing on, on these, uh, on these photography books. And do you have, do you have particular, uh, regions or concepts or themes that, your books or are your, you focus your projects around? Yeah, I, you know, I, I, I've always been, I always saw my projects in, in thematic um, ways. And, and I think that 
I, I've got a, um, um, you know, I'm, I'm interested in, in, in disappearing worlds, you know, for, mm. for a start. I mean, I'm interested in change. I'm interested in things that are disappearing from our planet. And, and, and that is, you know, can be anything from cultures to, um, you know, physical um, things that are, that are disappearing and, and changing. So for me, it's about documenting, um, you know, documenting that, documenting history. And uh, I'm, I've always been drawn to, to toward, I guess, conflict and, and um, you know, uh, cultures, you know, that are changing. And so I've, 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 you know, I've spent a lot of time going in and out of, you know, many different sort of countries from Afghanistan to, to, to Africa, the Middle East, and, and, and most recently Papua New Guinea, where my, my book Picks in New Guinea is, is featured from. And that, that really came out of a, I guess, a, a strong connection with New Guinea from being so close to the country. I mean, it's, it's my closest neighbor. Uh, I'm, I'm Australian and, uh, we, we have a, a history with New Guinea and, and I had always wanted to go and explore there. I, want, I, I had this real, um, you know, for a long time, a desire to get up there and, and, and make pictures. And so I think in 2004 was the first time I, I went to New Guinea and, and then I, um, I made a project on rascals, which is in pidgin means um, criminal. And there are these gangs in the capital, Port Moresby, that I focused on. And, and in the end, that actually became a, a published book called Rascals. And then I traveled back and forwards doing various other projects. And um, I guess that was sort of leading into the next book, which is the book we're talking about, Picks in New Guinea. I was, I was fortunate to be awarded the Robert Gardner Fellowship in Photography from um, Harvard's Peabody Museum. And that allowed me to um, really go much deeper into uh, the work of New Guinea that I've been that I'd already started. Uh, I spent all of 2011 basically traveling around the country, really kind of going deep inside the society and the culture, trying to investigate this whole concept of detribalization and how things were, were shaping and how they were changing there. And it took me from Port Moresby to the Highlands, Sepik River and, and, and other places in New Guinea to, to, to try and sort of show, you know, what, what, what's happening there today, how, you know, both visually and, and sort of, um, you know, anthropologically, you know, it's really kind of a, a look inside the people and, um, and through photography, of course, you know, and, and, and in the end, also through my observations and my diaries and sketchbooks, which were, as you know, were published in those two volumes. So it was uh, very much a, um, you know, a visual journey through this uh, incredibly, uh, you know, ancient and, and complex country that is New Guinea. Well, that that leads me to the question of. What 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 was going on there in terms of 
Detribalization, is that the term that you used? Yeah, detribalization, yeah. Uh-huh. What, what was, describe what, what you saw there at the time, 2011, and that's probably shifted quite a bit now in 2016, but, but take us back to 2011 and what, what were you seeing at the time? Well, I think the main impact was was technology in terms of mobile phones. You know, I mean, literally, the mobile phone was was only just coming in in two thousand and eleven. It hadn't it hadn't really, um, you know, let alone the internet and social media. So, you know, there was this new new thing um, with with mobile phones, and it was also the impact that that was having on these remote communities so the phone the the you know the, the the telephone mobile phones were getting out to really remote communities around the country and and that was having a i guess a major impact on 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 the change of things going on there the fact that for the first time people could could actually um be mobile and actually speak to people you know relatives friends whatever in in all different parts of the country and and be connected in that way and then of course you know you had the sort of beginnings of Facebook in that country too at that time. And that was ha- having a huge impact in terms of um, just something so radically different for for the people of New Guinea. And now, because I've been going back, um, I, w- I, was, I was there six weeks ago and um, it's just exploded. I mean, I don't think there's many people who don't have phones anymore. They're, they're, you know, it's just this major... Um, you know, sort of shift in literally kind of, you know, this culture that has, you know, fairly recently just just stepped out of, you know, not the Stone Age, but just stepped out of, you know, ancient times in a way, you know. And, and I think the, the impact that um, that advertising and um, technology uh, in, in all its forms has has had a huge impact on on the youth and and the older generations that you see these 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 um you know these impacts all over the place you see, you see it in um in incredibly remote places where you know not so long ago um they they would just it just wouldn't exist there you know so it's it's really um it's it's just been really fascinating to to really kind of see that you know that change. Uh, I think also the just the the physical change of people too. You know when you when you look at their um, their culture and their dress and and their, their their tribalness in terms of their sort of the way that they've they've they've, they've been brought up in in the villages and and that's that's radically changing as well. And and you know the the grass huts although are still there, yet you know metal roofs and, and, and sort of brick houses and things like that are, are quickly taking over and having having a major change there, which is fairly recent. And and even clothing, you know, just Western clothes, you know, um, the whole kind of, you know, Western culture has just completely eroded, you know, this, 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 this ancient culture. And, and that, you know, that's happening, of course, all over the world. But, but what's interesting about New Guinea is that, you know, he, this is a this is a people that um, have really, you know, I, I think held on to their 
their traditional culture for so long and only sort of recently have had this, you know, massive, you know, kind of blow, this massive impact and in a very short space of time. And, um, and I think that, uh, when that happens, it's not a gradual process. It's, it's like being hit with a baseball bat. I mean, they've just literally had to take it and run with it. And, and, and that's causing all sorts of issues too. I mean, you know, there's, there's a, a country where you have, you know, up to 80% unemployment. And, um, um, so you've got, you know, masses amount of people just hanging out and, and when people hang out, they, you know, they're drawn to just being on a mobile phone and using the internet and, and kind of, um, you know, so, and that, and that raises a lot of issues too. You know, I think that. Do you think there's a generational, um, a, a difference in response based on the generation who is using the mobile phone. So like, so are the, say, for example, is the younger generation, say people 25 and under, are they more apt to kind of welcome these changes and to adopt Western styles, whereas older people may not be, or is it kind of reversed? Oh, look, certainly it's, it's like here and, you know, it's like our culture in terms of it's the young generation that are really, you know, just taking it in a big way and, and, moving and it forward. really moving it forward. Yeah. Um, certainly that is the obvious, um, you know, observation that I've been having out there and, 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 you know, and I think that rightfully so they, they, they want to be just like the rest of the world. You know, they want to be in touch. They want to be online. They, they want to take photographs and they want to use Instagram and they, they want to be, you know, connected, you know, and well, they, it sounds like they want to participate, that that's a they, big, they do. Yeah. They, they, they've been, you know, it's, it's been, uh, you know, uh, a very remote um, situation for them for such a long time that suddenly they have a voice for the rest of the world. They can actually, you know, say something and, 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 and have, you know, have that sort of um, connection, which I think is, is incredibly exciting for them and, and as it is for a lot of people. So, um, but it sort of, you know, has its own issues too, you know, and I, I think that, um, I think they, you know, there needs to be, uh, I think a lot of kind of care taken to, and, and, and to be aware that, um, just the, you know, the often the negative impact that these kind of things can have on, especially some of these more traditional remote communities. Mm-hmm. Did you, did you see evidence of that, of negative impact? Um, well, I think it's the same, you know, what we'd see in most places where, you know, children might be faced with, you know, dangerous uh, material through the internet, you know, mm-hmm. graphic mm-hmm. material and, and things like that. I think there's, there's all of those kind of worries. Um, mm-hmm. I think that um, just, just technology in general, I think it's, I think it's just such a, a culture shock you know, to, mm-hmm. to these communities. And, uh, um, and I think that that's, that's, that's obviously having, you know, just such an incredible impact on them. And, um, so, you, you know, I have certainly seen, you know, some, some, some big changes taking place there. And, um, but 
there's certainly, um, you know, there's a, there's, a, there's a great desire for this change too, I have to say. I think most mm. people that. Um, and, I, you know, I think that's partly what I, was, what I was trying to capture in my books was to really look at this incredibly complex ancient culture and, and, and look at their traditions and their customs and, and somehow, you know, try and capture that. And I did that through their festivals, their sing-sings, they call them, where they, they do get together and, 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 and show off their, their, their uh, tribalness and their, their culture and, and, and custom and, and, and dance and sing and, and wear costumes. And then, you know, and then juxtapose that with, you know, advertising things happening around Coca-Cola, Digicel, things that are actually there on the spot that are, that are, that are, that are real contrast to, to, to their, um, their traditions and then bring in more urban, urbanized Papua New Guineans, um, from the villages to the city and, 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 you know, kind of look at small elements of, you know, how they are losing their culture and, and how they might be trying to hold on to their culture. And so that was sort of shown visually in, in sort of certain photographs that, you know, there might be, say, for example, you know, a, a guy in, living in Port Moresby in the capital who's totally westernized and is wearing a, you know, a basketball T-shirt or, you know, something with Bob Marley or whatever. And then he's got this intricate piece of jewelry, you know, a headband that, you know, goes back to the beginnings of his people, you know, that this, this incredibly beautiful tribal headband with maybe some face paint or something. But so you see this incredible, uh, you know, kind of clash and, 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 and now the mixing of the two, um, I found that really quite fascinating. And I was trying to sort of see that through my photography, um, how Western goods are starting to be implemented even into their own costumes, mm. you know, using Coca-Cola bottle tops and making them into their, you know, the intricate costume wear and, you know, all sorts of things that are quite fascinating and, 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 and obviously being used, you know, because that's what's available. Things have changed. We are, we are you know, we are living in this whole new world. So you're from Australia and Papua New Guinea is close by. And is there, is there a particular understanding of the people, like a generalized understanding of the people of Papua New Guinea uh, by Australians? Um, look, the truth is, you know, we, we have an incredible history with Australia. We were, you know, we were, um, you know, former colonists of the country. Um, we, we, uh, we really sort of, um, I guess, started going there from the 1930s, actually, it was um, uh, a couple of um, Australian gold prospectors who made the original first contact up in the Highlands, um, Michael and Dan Lay. And, you know, since that time, Australia has had this continuous connection um, with New Guinea. But what's interesting today with 
you know, Australians today right now is that, um, and what's sad is that they, 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 they know very little about New Guinea and, and, uh, and that's one of the, um, that's one of the reasons that, that sort of spurred me on to, to go and kind of explore the country is because, you know, you know, in Australia, we, we're just not, we're not talking about New Guinea, you know, it's, you know, we're talking about the rest of the world or we're talking about our own country, but New Guinea gets, rarely gets a mention. And, and, and so a lot of people don't know what's going on up there, um, as does the rest of the world, of course, but, you know, Australia should know. And, and, and it's sad that it's, it's not that way. So, um, that, that was certainly, uh, you know, an important thing for me just was to really kind of get a focus on you. New Guinea and uh, start to talk about it and start to make photographs for, for history's sake, you know, uh, because it's just not being, it's not being covered. And it's, it's, you know, it's, 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 it's always been seen as this remote, you know, anthropological kind of place. And it, the tourism is, 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 is quite small. And then that's got a lot to do with the, the, um, the dangers, you know, unfortunately, but, um, but yeah, so you know, definitely, uh, I think that in Australia we could we could learn a lot about what's going on there, and uh, you know, and so forth. When I was looking at your book, I was I was my thoughts were kind of you know focused like first on the photos and then kind of going through it a number of different times. I started to wonder who your intended audience was for the book. Was it your fellow countrymen? Was it the people of New Guinea? Was it just a, a general audience? And it sounds like it's probably a combination of mm, all of it's, those. Yeah, it is. It's a combination. It's, it's for a general audience. It's for, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's for the world. It, you know, it's for, for everyone. I mean, I wasn't really sort of focusing on one particular audience. Um, you know, I really felt that, um, you know, it felt important enough to, to be able to go in there and, and make these pictures and, and, and come out with, you know, a sense of, of, of place and time, you know, and history. So it was kind of, you know, for me that, that, that was important. And, and I, you know, um, not, not to mention that, you know, it's just such a compelling and fascinating place to, to travel in and, and experience. And I, I, always drawn toward these kind of places of the unexpected and and I I really kind of um you know feel inspired when I'm when I'm sort of in a place that um there's not a lot of um material out there on or not a lot of photographs or coverage and and so New Guinea had all these incredible things to offer and you know um and, and that was exciting, you know, because it, it really kind of gave me an open canvas to, to, to go in there and, and, and make these pictures and, and, um, and, and talk about it and write about it. Sure. And I, uh, in doing a little research so that we could talk today, I read a little bit about Frank Hurley, who yeah. was, did some work, but many decades before you. Um, yeah. was, he, was he someone that you looked to at all? Um, when you were preparing for your work in New Guinea? Certainly, yeah. I mean, I, I've known of Hurley's work for a long time and um, his photographs from New Guinea did have um, 
did have some uh, you know influence on me absolutely i mean and and uh you know the work of margaret mead mm-hmm. uh, and 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 various writers you know that have sort of traveled up there and even uh you know robert gardner um you know so you know, and filmmakers. I mean, I have to say one of the greatest influences was Bob Connolly, who um, made three, you know, incredibly important films, documentary observational films, you know, First Contact, um, about the Lay Brothers that I mentioned earlier, um, Joe Lay's Neighbours and Black Harvest. These these films were, were seminal films about New Guinea and, and I guess one of the first major um, introductions for me. That, that, that sort of, um, you know, got me incredibly interested in going there. Uh, and funnily enough, I mean, I've become very close with Bob, um, Bob Connolly, over the years. And um, we've just recently returned from New Guinea where I, I made a, um, a documentary film about him returning to the Highlands after 25 years. So going back for the first time and, and finding... Um, the characters in his films and um, reconnecting um, himself to to these places and these people again and, and documenting that, which was a, was an incredible uh, experience. How was that for him? Was he was he surprised? I'm sure it was emotional. I'm sure there was that. Oh, God, I mean, yeah, absolutely yeah. surprised, absolutely emotional. People were were were, were um, you know. It was a sort of a mix of jubilation and 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 sort of and an absolute um, you know passion and tears and joy and wow it was it was phenomenal and 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 it was great to to make a film about that and to to really sort of um, you know um, you know be a part of someone like him who has such an incredible history there and um, and and to and, and to really experience that you know, that, that sort of, um, um, impact and, and, and reaction from people, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, it was, it was great. And, and I think that, um, you know, all of these, these stories, whether they're the books I'm making or the photographs or, or the films, you know, for me, it's, it's, it's all one. It's, it's all about, you know, um, you know, being, a uh, you know, being someone who can who can go and document you know life in, in New Guinea and 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 um, be able to um, to to show you know to show an audience people around the world what what this country is about you know sure sure well let's talk more about the portraits in so we didn't we didn't say this outright at the beginning of our conversation but yeah. your your uh, the your book is has two volumes that are included. And one is portraits and one is diary and they're diaries. I'm sorry. And they're bound separately. Um, So we're going to talk about the portraits one first. What I observe in the book, just in terms of format and what you're shooting, it looks like you're using different media to shoot with. So primarily Mm -hmm. film, large format, but some Polaroid mixed in or some instant film. Mm -hmm. And are you using a large format camera too? Yeah, I'm using a four by five large mm-hmm. format camera and a and a medium format six seven and then various other formats within the context of the both books. But the portrait work, which is shot on a mixture of film and 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 um, and Polaroid, is 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 all on four by five, so large format. And I 
have um, developed, a, you know, a, I guess starting, well, actually started earlier than that, but essentially I was inspired to, to take a white sheet with me and, and make photographs, make portraits of people in the field and um, to sort of, in a, in a sense, bring the studio to the people. And, 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 and that sort of is something that, you know, goes back in time to the gold rushes and, and early photography, early anthropological photography where this kind of portraiture was done. And, and so that was a sort of an inspiration too in the style. But I wanted to create something different again where I could, you know, have someone hold up the sheet or have two people hold the sheet um, as that backdrop to the subject and, and then have these, you know, real spontaneous, you know, documentary moments that came into my frame. So, you know, essentially having the, the, the sort of directed um, sitter in front of the sheet but um, waiting for moments to happen where a dog might walk into frame or people might start to descend and come into frame on the, the edges of the frame as a sort of an audience that don't necessarily know they're being photographed. So all of these wonderful kind of elements around the periphery was what I'm what I was always looking for. So it was it's a sort of a I guess a you know an environmental kind of portraiture um, session that I was sort of creating and uh, and this is kind of the this this approach to the the portraits uh, was something that I originally came across in Afghanistan back in 2006 where I I made a series called Ax Me Biggie and um, that was using a, a, a local photographer's backdrop, and and that's where I sort of discovered this uh, this 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 sort of incredible um, uh, thing happening around the edges of the frame, where you know the audience was starting to to come into frame, and people were starting to come into frame, and and so I took that concept to New Guinea, and and I've since been developing, which, which is another project called the white sheet series where i'm photographing different communities now with that with the white sheet so um i I really um really did a lot of you know explored a lot of things with that with with the portrait work um so that was that was that was great i mean i really you know i loved i loved doing that i loved that you know trying to sort of find new ways to i guess to bring portraiture into you know into my photography and mixing um i guess studio like portraits with documentary for me was um yeah it was really great i had some notes that i took on those portraits where you have the white backdrop and and there are people kind of lined up on the edges of the sheet looking at the camera i i really like those too i think those are wonderful and i'm wondering if that if i i have had my own experience in rwanda photographing children with a backdrop that I brought and uh-huh. had had that kind of spillover happen. Yeah. And I noticed that having that, like having an audience as a part of the process of taking the picture absolutely changed the dynamic between myself and the sitter, but then yeah. who wanted to be in front of the camera, you know, mm-hmm. became something that was completely out of my control in a wonderful yeah. way. Did you yeah. have that experience, a similar experience? Absolutely. Yeah. Look, I love the, you know, the surprise element of, 
what was happening and coming in and out of frame. So I, you know, I would wait for, I would wait for these moments. I would wait for the moment to take, to take the photograph. And, uh, and I, I really, um, I, I really felt that, um, the connection and the, um, the collaboration between me, the photographer and the sitter, and then also the people holding up the sheet, it, it, it felt like this wonderful, um, you know, collaboration to, to make the photographs. It wasn't just about me trying to capture these pictures. It was me with other people involved and then all these wonderful elements of the crowd coming in or, um, you know, the sheep suddenly being dropped or, um, you know, these wonderful mistakes, these not even mistakes, these wonderful mishaps, these, these sort of, um, surprise things that allowed me to then capture the photographs that I wanted to capture. So uh, that, that was always really, you know, kind of seminal and, and, and really kind of close to my, you know, close, you know, close on my mind to, to really kind of watch out for things like that. I didn't want it to be just um, a photograph of someone sitting in front of a sheet. I wanted, I wanted there to be other elements. I, and so, yes, I was kind of waiting for the surprise things to happen. It also makes the, it's, it's more, it becomes more of a portrait of a community, I think, hmm. you know, then, and, and it's interesting to watch too, how people, the, the behavior of people in that type of situation, which, probably, you know, they're probably, they, they probably don't have a lot of experience with, you know, the type of situation that you're creating for them. And so there's, so they're making, you know, so that, so the way that they are responding to it, you know, either be directly in front of the camera or observing what you're doing and yeah. you know, the dynamic that's happening with the person you're photographing is something that's very genuine and spontaneous, you know, on their part, Absolutely. which is pretty, pretty joyful on your part to, to witness. Mm. Mm, yeah, you know, and, you know, most of the time the sitter is obviously, you know, acknowledging, you know, you know, you and, 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 and knowing that they're being photographed. But what was wonderful is the people around the edges didn't know they were being photographed. Right, right. And so you, you, you know, for me it was really that, that sort of um, contrast between the sitter and, and, and then the, the other people that didn't know they were being photographed, it, it, it sort of, you know, then allowed me to, to really capture some really wonderful moments and, 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 and that sort of surprise element and, and the people being completely natural and, right. and have no sort of, um, you know, being sort of um, self-conscious or anything like that, you know, that, that was really great. And, and, and that's, that's been this, yeah, this really, um, I guess, a strong connection in terms of, you know, future bodies of work that I've been doing with the White Sheet, with other communities and other people, um, which is, um, yeah, it's actually the, the most recent work that, that's about to be exhibited um, in Sydney in, a, in about a month, which is called the White Sheet Series. And it will include some of the work from New Guinea and, and other countries. Oh, fantastic. Let's talk about the diaries, sure. The diaries book, so that's the two volumes. You've got the portraits and the diaries. And the diaries are really, um, it's a sort of a a scrapbook of sorts and, 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 you know, includes my contact sheets and my edit notes and then my my actual diaries 
handwritten diaries and uh, collage work and drawings and uh, actual Polaroids and things like that. In a sense, you're looking at um, you're looking at a storyboard and you're looking at research and you're looking at all the kind of influences and inspirations and things that I kind of um, did along the way, you know, as I'm going through this journey. So I, it was really just, you know, things that I collected and things that I wrote about and, 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 and then it was, you know, we assembled it into the, uh, into the design and, and edit. So it really works as a, a wonderful companion to the portrait. So essentially you're being taken on the same kind of journey, but in a whole other way. So the diaries sort of, you know, really kind of take you through, um, the landscape and, and, and you get a feel for all these other things that are going on within the context of the same people, whereas the portraits are much more formal in, in that way. So it's, it sort of gave, you know, I think, um, a lot of space to, you know, for the reader to, to really sort of go deep inside, you know, not just having, you know, the visualness of the portraits, but I wanted to really, um, allow people a little bit into my soul, I guess, and allow people into me and who I'm about and why, you know, the kind of editing process and the kind of things that I observed and, 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 and thought about and reflected on and, and all these things. So it's really kind of giving, giving back something quite personal and, 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 you know, uh, yeah, a personal reflection on, 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 the things that I saw and, and, and the things that I did out there. Well, that, that was actually what my question was going to be about giving back um, before we talked about the diaries. So I'm glad you used that, that phrase. Um, my question was about when you're working in any context and, you know, certainly speaking to your experience in, in the book we're talking about, but do you, do you take pictures of, do you take portraits um, of people within communities, and then do you give them back portraits as a kind of like almost like a thank you or you know some kind of acknowledgement of I don't that's the, the yeah. not exactly the right word, but I think you understand what I'm asking. I do, and I have done that. I mean, particularly, I don't so much anymore because it's really hard to get Polaroid film. But um, right. when I was shooting Polaroid particularly the, well, you know, we have to go back to my original project, Ax Me Biggie, in, in Kabul in 2006, where I made 100 portraits. I made, a, you know, I took 100 photos of 100 people, so one frame per person. And I gave everyone the Polaroid, and I kept the negative, so it was a, a pos-negative film mm-hmm. made by Polaroid, which they don't make anymore. And that was great because it, it allowed me again, you know, you talk about giving back and, um, you know, as a photographer, I feel that I take so much away from people and never get a, an opportunity to give something back. And, and this was the perfect sort of opportunity to actually, you know, give someone the photograph. So have that direct, um, connection, that direct participation and, and, and exchange, you know, I, I, I really felt this wonderful exchange with people allowing me to take their, their portrait and then receiving a, um, a photograph as a gesture of my thanks. 
Um, and I've tried to do that as much as possible. It's really hard now when there's no Polaroid, but um, but certainly while I was doing Polaroid, I, I would I would try and give Polaroids to, to my subjects as, as, as much as I could. Wow. Well, what are you working on now? What are so a, a current project, or if you have a number of different things you're working on? I'm always working on a lot of things, and I, sure. I'm mostly, you know, I, I'm working on several book projects right now. Um, I've, I've just did a, uh, a kind of a, I guess, a, an archival book on um, um, a book called We Cut Heads, which is uh, look uh, my, my pictures of barbershops from the last 25 years, which I've just curated, curated and edited into a book, and. Um, that I'm, 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 I've just finished, and and I guess the most current project I'm working on right now, photographically, is um, uh, is around death. I'm, I'm, I'm sort of working on a, an ongoing project around death and the rituals of death, and and that's sort of been taking me to India and Bangladesh and Namibia, and I'm about to go to Mexico City in a couple of weeks to um, to work down there with. Sort of well, the Day of the Dead festival is is, is one of the, the sort of elements, but also looking at crime photography in Mexico City and going into photography in a in a, in a more forensic kind of way. Um, so looking at death through forensic, you know, crime photography, and and so that's that's really fascinating. That's that's sort of um, I guess my my most recent my my latest um, obsession. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, you know, is is really trying to focus on this project around death and and really look into many different aspects of it and and try and kind of I'm still trying to figure it out, but try and sort of work out this you know this this new project and 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 really kind of um, show these these elements around death that you know the subject that most people find quite taboo and, and don't want to talk about. And yet it's, you know, one of the most important, if not, you know, life and death, they are the, the two most important sort of, um, you know, um, Tent poles of, of our lives. <laughs> that is it's life and death. And so, you know, to confront death and I guess to explore that, you know, through my photographs, um, that's an incredible journey that I'm taking, and I'm I'm really uh, really excited about the prospects of where that's going to take me, and, and what I'm going to see, and, and what I'm going to photograph. Wow! Well, I I can't wait to see the resulting books of both of those projects. I love I love the title "We Cut Heads." I just oh, I, yeah. that's that's Thanks. a great title. <laughs> I, I I will I will definitely get it published. Um, I'm just um waiting on the publisher but uh it's so new that no one's really seen it oh. uh, but I'm, i've got a book dummy with me in new york so i'm i'm uh yeah i'm, I'm gonna show some people great fantastic so one final question and then i'll let you go because i appreciate all the time that you've spent with me this afternoon um where can someone find pisca new guinea to to purchase do you know that up at the top of your head Apart from Radius, the wonderful people at Radius, of course they can they can sure. get the book there. But I, I think it's I guess it's on Amazon. It's at the usual places. Um, you know, I I, I I would assume that's really the best. You know, to just to just go online and try and track it down. Um, 
but but certainly directly through radius um, might be the um, the best way. Okay, great. That's that's. I'll make sure that there's there is a link to radius that accompanies the podcast. Yeah, so I mean, look, I it. I had lots of them, but I, I don't have many left. So I'm I'm I'm, not, I'm the I'm the I'm the the worst pe- person to try and get books out of. But um, but yeah, I would hope that there'd be still some available. Great. I think I think so. Otherwise, <laughs> otherwise, I don't think they. I you would have been recommended yeah, exactly, <laughs> for exactly. us to talk. Yeah, so. yeah no, that's great. Yeah. Hey, Lorena, thanks very much. Thank you very much. I really appreciate it. And and uh, just best of luck with your projects and your time in New York. 